Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Hey guys, welcome back to the Babylon Pastor Podcast with your friends, Michael and Rob. We're here today. <laughs> I'm sorry, if you guys are listening, again, this is why you should at least check out the video version because if not, you're missing why I just lost my entire train of thought. So we are going to be covering today the first episode. Last, last week, we covered uh, maybe the commonalities between the different eschatological views. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at one in particular, which is premillennialism. And um, you may not have known because I didn't know. Uh, there's two different forms of premillennialism. There's, I'm butchering these words. Historical. It's, it's, it's a lot of syllables. Historical premillennialism. Yeah, I did it again. And then dispensationalism, which I would say if I had to take a gander and a guess, uh, dispensationalism is probably what many of us are familiar, most familiar with because it's what many of us grew up in, uh, uh, a.k.a. Left Behind series, aka Omega Code, um, all of that. Just that, I, just take a moment and look back at that. Just movie magic, just that production value. Mm. Uh, mm. Anyway, <laughs> the Left Behind series. If you guys didn't have the entire Left Behind book series on your bookcase and those beautifully, just those matted covers with the, the different color coatings, ah, uh, man. You, you you're probably better off. So Rob, let's let's talk you're a little probably bit. Probably better off. <laughs> let's talk a Truth. little bit uh, about yeah. the differences in these views. Yeah. So uh, premillennialism is today, right? This is what we're starting with, and there are two separate ones. And honestly, I, I'm thinking that we, um, I'm going to hit historic premillennialism quickly. Uh, because dispensational premillennialism, as what what you just said, that that's the one, right? That's the one that uh, majority of the Christian world in America, not abroad, but the majority of the Christian world in America, um, it, this is where a lot of people are at, right? Historic premillennialism is actually a lot more like amillennialism than the premillennialism that we think of. Um, and so we'll get into amillennialism next week, but uh, historic premillennialism, uh, just the, the timing again, like we said last week, the timing is the main difference between a lot of this stuff. Um, none of the views would say there's not a beast, right. Or that that's not a thing or that, you know, um, but um, historic premillennialism basically says that now we're in a church age um, that began with Christ, uh, and his incarnation, life, death, resurrection. Um, so we're in the church age now. And then at the end of the church age, there will be the tribulation, uh, antichrist. And after that, the rapture, Christ will rapture his church to himself and begin the millennium reign, which again is the thousand year reign of Christ in Revelation 20 that is mentioned. Um, so big difference between historic and dispensational um, as far as timing goes is um, that 
historic premillennialism would be uh, uh, post-tribulation premillennialism so post-trib there are three different kinds of, this is the most complicated one folks it just is it's crazy complicated my uh, brain is not i know uh so uh, honestly this is so it's actually a good point this is so um common that when i say the words amillennialism or post-millennialism especially post-millennialism people automatically in their minds think i mean post-trib premillennialism yeah word association there's just no there's nothing else out there um for a lot of folks uh and because we're just that's all that's at your disposal it's what you grew up around it's you know the algorithm if you watch this one that's coming up next kind of a thing so that's all you see right um but uh there is uh so post-trib uh mid-trib and pre-trib those are three different kinds of premillennialism um the the big so here's the okay here's the timeline i'll just work through the timeline real quick of uh premillennialism dispensational premillennialism um so it's it's basically uh so the church age is now right uh things are gonna go really downhill at the end um quickly and then there's a secret rapture this is left behind right clothes left on planes, right? Right, That kind of thing. There's a secret rapture. Then as soon as that happens, there's the Antichrist, uh, seven years of incredible tribulation. Um, then at the end of that seven years, Christ returns um, and he uh, reigns for a thousand years, um, millennial reign again. Then Satan, after that thousand years, Satan is loosed and defeated in that final battle of armageddon um not the one with bruce willis and uh, (laughs) then after that battle there's the new heavens and the new earth and kind of the final eternal state for us so that um, battle as a side note is the only reason i know about the word megiddo that's it (laughs) without that wouldn't even know yeah well megiddo megiddo whatever sorry the movie, the movie, yeah. was, you know, <laughs> can you hear that? That's what I actually think about those movies. They're garbage. Um, yeah. So this, so how do you the, really the, feel the biggest difference? Okay. Between dispensational premillennialism and all the other views mm-hmm. is that big first word dispensational or dispensationalism. Michael, you know what that means? Do you want to explain at all what that means? Even the, the baby definition doesn't have to be. It's a dispensation. It's an age. It's a time frame. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So dispensationalism, basically um, the, the easiest way to put it would be that there is a massive difference between Israel and the church. Oh yes. Now that's the thing that I saw when I was looking at these with what you sent me, like one of them is they are completely different things. Mm-hmm. entirely no blending whereas the other there is uh more of a uh, they come together as more of a spiritual israel which is oh i'm losing the text that mentions spiritual israel but anyway there's the text that talks about that. yeah yeah so there's um that that is where the tension comes from ev- all the other toward all the other views mm-hmm. um 
And so if, if you uh, see someone Googling the stuff that's going on in Israel right now, or reading that magazine or that periodical about Israel or, or um, that's dispensational premillennialism. Okay. So uh, it, it basically says um, Israel uh, like that thousand year reign, the return of Christ, he's going to return to Jerusalem. Um, there will be another temple built there. Um, I'm it's trying very to literal. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very literal. literal, like actual. Whereas yes. the other, I know at least, um, at least with the historical, right? It's not, it doesn't, there's no literal, it doesn't have to be the thousand years. It's more of a figurative in many cases, correct? Amongst the other views, most of the other views are like that. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, and to to me, I'll I'll just say I I don't hold this view. And one of the big things that convinced me of that, and I know again, I I don't want to like um, <laughs> I don't want to paint the picture like I'm almighty me and I know all the answers because I definitely don't. There are people smarter than me that do hold this view. But um, to me, the fact that uh, there, the, um, there's going to be a second temple the millennium uh, is going to bring, and uh, there will be the, the reinstitution of the sacrificial system, that alone to me is the thing that makes me go, no, that's not right. <laughs> um, just based on other scripture and, and what Christ did and... Um, that it it seemed to me that that was saying that um jesus then must have died for everyone but the jews <laughs> right mm -hmm. um so i don't i don't know um all of the details of of that but um there there are just a few things about it that that kind of give me enough pause to look at the other views more intentionally and then i came out where i'm at which you can find out in a different episode but yeah now the other thing that i noticed with that's distinctively different between uh dispensationalism is that it's the only view if i'm if i'm remembering correctly that the church is raptured before any sort of tribulation correct yeah so I, I think yep. that's the appeal i remember as a kid thinking oh good we don't have to have any bad happen to us and that was sort of the appeal too when they when it was like mm -hmm. kind of i don't want to say sold to you but kind of taught was like, Hey, yeah, if you're a Christian, don't worry all the bad, you'll avoid all the bad. Whereas the other yeah. views are all like, no, actually, yeah, you're going to go through it. Um, which I think maybe is part of not, I mean, well, I don't know, maybe it's the only reason some people are like, no, I'm definitely dispensational because I don't like the idea of bad things happening to me. Um, well, but it, it, you, if you look at other, other nations is one of the reasons I made the distinction that this is a big major view here. Mm -hmm is because like it, it, you would be hard pressed to, um, to go to our brothers and sisters in Iran or China and try to make a, anywhere in the Middle East where, you know, they've been faced with yeah. getting their heads chopped off and being drug out into the street and all this stuff, even today, right? Um, you would be hard pressed to talk to any of them about some sort of tribulation that's gonna be worse than any, how? yeah <laughs> what could be worse than 
As you a know? valid, yeah, I don't mean to this laugh, guy's but you're head absolutely was right. Like, off. yeah, how does <laughs> right. it get worse than that? Right. What's the, yeah. no, yeah. you're right, because there's been a lot of martyr stories that I've, um, or, or persecution uh, stories and videos that I've heard that I'm like, my, you're, you're right. There's like, yeah. there's no way that could be worse. You're, it's you're literally right. gone on since the church yeah. happened yeah. Um, constantly at some level in some places in some way. The, the church has always dealt with extreme persecution in some areas of the world. So in those areas, you're going to have a very difficult case trying to present dispensational premillennialism and this tribulation as they see it sort of a thing. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, and uh, honestly, in some ways, historic premillennialism and amillennialism share that difficulty. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so premillennialism, dispensational, the dip dispensational version anyway, is uh, is really... Um, is really what you see a lot of there. When you look at, you know, um, TV or YouTube and you see things about blood moons and um, all of, all of that stuff comes from a premillennial um, view of that secret rapture coming. And so we're watching for these specific signs and that confused me my entire life because I've, I've thought, okay, wars and rumors of wars. Um, that's literally been every yeah. all of history, all of, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you know what I mean? Like let's, before let's, Christ, let's that's a more what, vague standard for how you figure this right. out. Yeah. Yeah. So like Jesus could have said when water exists, right? <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> what? So yeah. it, those are some things that you, you can't just take things at, at face value. You have to dig and dive and find out, okay, well, that doesn't make sense in the context that I think in. So what did he mean by that? Right. Yeah. So, well, I think this, it's important. This subject is difficult. I think it's important to not that the, the historicity or the recentness of a view makes a large difference, but I remember in college, whenever I found out that dispensationalism was fairly recent, I'm talking within hundreds of years. Um, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, hold on. What? Like out of all, there was a lot of jarring things in college that I learned via theology. But one of them was that the view that I had held my entire, you know, youth group days of the Left Behind series that everybody had sold so hard was like, that's new. And I'm like, what are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, so again, not that that disqualifies it, but it's one of those things that you have to understand. Like a lot of times when theology comes out of culture specifically, which like you said, the reason that a lot of America specifically uh, kind of, I think, bought into dispensational premillennialism so easily is because culturally it makes more sense to us. Oh, we're not persecuted. So now we have to look for a time we are persecuted. Yep. Um, you know, yeah. we won't go through this so we'll get out of it um, with Israel and, you know, the church being distinctively different. Well, we can definitely attest to that because Israel's way over there and we're way over here. Um, so there's a lot of, I think, commonality, like, because of the recentness of it, we can look and say, okay, well, this has a lot of cultural ties to it. Again, not that that would make it necessarily correct or incorrect, um, but it definitely leads, lends itself to that being one of the criticisms. Yeah, well, and I think um, to a degree that's true of every one of the millennial um, yeah. views. You know, you, so there, there were um, 
famous people uh, in our faith who um, held all of these views, <laughs> you know, and a lot of the, uh, for instance, a lot of the Puritans, when they first came to America, post-millennial was it. Uh-huh. Because there's this vision of your, the, the gospel is moving forward in the world and conquering. And that's what's and happening. Reigning with, yep. and yeah. So um, you have like the Jonathan Edwards. You have a lot of, a lot of um, other folks back in the day who um, were not just in America, but who were taking um, the gospel to the shores of other nations who were going to those nations with that um, the gospel is already the power of God into salvation. It's already been triumphant. Jesus reigns now. And we're just alerting people to his rule and reign rather than building his kingdom. It, mm-hmm. It's already a thing, right? Yeah, so that was yeah. the idea. Um, Charles Darby uh, was the beginning of dispensational thought um, the way that it is now. And then Schofield, I don't know if you remember the old Schofield study Bible yep. thing. That, so, um, uh, Schofield was, uh, sort of his student, uh, if you will, not technically, I don't think, but, um, but anyway, he, he's the one who obviously threw it into a study Bible and, and made popularized the, it. Yeah. Made it a big deal. And so, um, isn't that crazy that like yeah. one thing can <laughs> set in motion all of these other things? Yeah. yeah. Like Skull, Skullfield set into motion this thing, left behind, completely just went through the churches. And oh, then yeah. now you're left yeah. with theology, not dictated by sermons or good exegetical work. You're, it's dictated by, yeah. you know, popular demand and distribution. <laughs> yeah. Well, in fact, the Left Behind series, I think specifically, I, I think it was the movies that I'm talking about, not necessarily the books. I don't know the, uh, if this is true of the books, but the movies, like they I were don't only read, make, I just watch movies. <laughs> they were going to make one of those, right. But it, they made some cash. And so they made sequels It really had nothing to do. It was just, it was just, a, it's a money machine, you know, um, Schofield lived in like, like the 1840s, 50s, 60s, all the way to like 19, early 1900s or something. So that's how new this is. It's not, it's, it's newer than America. (laughs) It's a lot newer than America, actually. So this, this viewpoint literally didn't exist unless you're going to take the, well, I believe it because Paul did, right? Which I hate when people do that um, with anything, because there are people that disagree that would feel the same way. Right. But, um, but we have to be honest about it, you know, and um, come at any of this stuff like this. Um, you, you, we have to, um, if, if this is that new, which you brought up, and I think that that's, that's a valid thing because if, um, man, how quick are you and I um, to see some kind of new doctrine come up, right? And, what's the very first thing that we do that's wrong whoa. no whoa hey we're gonna teach against this. whoa right yeah yeah you know because because what is um in scripture and been believed from the first church all the way through you know like that's the that's the um uh standard 
right? And so when something comes up that's va- like very different, um, not necessarily saying that it's going to be wrong 100% of the time, but it's definitely one of the things to cause us pause and go, okay, well, prove it, right? Like, yeah. because where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> like, wh- who's saying this? The burden of proof is certainly on the people who say, and I think Schofield tried to do that, you know, with his study Bible. And that was and the whole reason it was a study Bible to show yeah, and yeah. work through. Um, and Darby did that, you know, with, with his works and things that he did. So that they, they did try and, and make a case for this and they have, they have made a case for it. Right. MacArthur, John MacArthur, no matter what you think of him uh, out there, uh, he, he's a, a very well-respected Christian pastor, leader, theologian, whatever. He's a dispensational premillennialist. Mm-hmm. So like there, there are a lot of folks who are here and I am absolutely not going to say, Hey, you're crazy and you're wrong and blah, 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 blah. Right. Like that's, that's not my place. I don't agree with that position, but, um, but it, there is, um, uh, I, you know, in fact, you know, Hey, I hope they're right. That's awesome. If, if, if I notice some things getting really bad and then all of a sudden I'm with Christ, I'm down, you know, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> I, I'm sold on the point. I mean, I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm just saying, you know, it doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I, I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see, I see why they see it in scripture, but when I read those same texts and things, um, I, I just don't come out with the same uh, understanding. So yeah, I don't know. Gotcha. What do you think? So, Premillennialism. Um, well, here, here's the thing. Um, as I, as I've already stated, <laughs> my brain is so mush on the whole thing. I, 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 I would like to say that I obviously, I, I don't think that dispensational premillennialism is where it's at, but I'm very scared of the reason I say that is simply because that's where we grew up. So my automatic thing is we'll rebel against that because I don't like that. Um, so <laughs> that that's the thing. But um, the more you look at um, the other views, and we'll look at amillennialism next week. I think the more you look at them, at least the clearer the picture comes that, hey, this isn't as locked down as you yeah. think it is. So I find that to be at least helpful because there's some things that obviously we can be sure and certain on. And there's other things we can go, wow, there's a lot of nuance here. There's a lot of like different views on this from, like you said on the first episode from a lot of different smart people that we need to look at. So, um, I don't think dispensationalism, premillennialism is where it's at, but I know a lot of people that, that do. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and it is what it is. You know, like I said, we all can stand in the same sanctuary, lifting our hands up and saying, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Right. I mean, that that's true. No matter the view you hold, we're, um, we're excited for the day, right. When all is literally made new finally. So, um, but I, um, I think for, um, what, how are we doing on time? Is it like, are we needing to wrap up or uh, yeah, we can wrap up with thoughts this. Yeah. Okay. Unless you got okay. something big that you want to drop. No, no, I, bomb that's I, gonna I don't, change I just, <laughs> yeah. So this is why this is right. No, I, <laughs> um, but I, I, I do want to point out like, um, before we go, I guess this is, um, not a wrap up thought, but just something that I thought of and wanted to bring up and just hadn't yet. But, uh, historic premillennialism 
one of the things that um, as I was studying that, that seemed to not make sense to me um, was uh, they believe that the, um, so the big difference is that the uh, church age and then tribulation and then um, uh, rapture and immediately Christ comes down with the church and reigns. So it's like, why this? <laughs> like what what's the point <laughs> what's then the why point does that? jesus yeah. not just come down and so th there's some things that are kind of like to me it seems like this this is a hole that doesn't make sense you know but they have um there are uh there are those kinds of things in the view that i hold as well so um it's just it seems to me the view that i hold because it's the one i hold you know has uh, the least amount of holes that I can explain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, but I think sense, it's yeah. important though. Like eschatology is one of those things that I, like you, you worded it well, nobody's got this locked down, right? It's you, you will hear very authoritative preaching um, from the word of God that says, this is what this means. And I'm for that. Right. Yeah. But well, it should always have an asterisk by it. <laughs> yeah. And well, that would be my ending point on this episode as well is the fact that I think we need to understand that obviously nobody's got it on lockdown, but you at least need to have a leaning or being looking into it. And this has been really convicting for me that I don't have one because in reality you are acting out of some sort of view of the eschaton because it affects how you view the gospel I mean, like you said, with, um, with the post, uh, post-millennialism, this idea that the gospel is going forward. Um, this is, you know, the gospel going across the earth versus, you know, dispensational premillennialism. Oh, we'd be able to look for all the signs because he's coming back really soon now. So, I mean, it affects how, it, it affects how you, you view evangelism. It affects how, you know, your, your, um, your, your speed or urgency, I guess, in, in doing that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it affects a lot of stuff. Um, so even if you don't think you have a view or even, I mean, for example, for me, that's kind of like, Oh, there's a lot here. It, there's still this background of some sort of knowledge that you're working out of that affects how you evangelize, why you evangelize to yeah. a point, a degree. Um, and, and, um, how you view the, the end of all things. So even the events, you know, so, Oh no, culture is getting worse. Well, it probably that's going to build into your view somewhere there that you may not even know you yeah. have, which is why it's helpful to probably uh, explore this a bit. Again, like you said in the first episode, don't become obsessive because that, yeah, just not cool. But, but, but it is, it is good and important. Like any doctrine, literally any doctrine mm -hmm. that you believe, um, it, this is one of those things. Don't just take, I'm just, I'm going to plead with you for a moment. Don't just um, take what you hear or what you grew up with at face yeah. value. Study it for yourself like you would anything else. You know, mm -hmm. anything else we would talk about the responsibility of every believer to at some point shed mom and dad's theology and begin to know it for yourself and believe it for yourself. Right. We have to be the same way with eschatology. I mean, it, it's got to be, um, you know, we've got to reach this point where we're not afraid of it. And we, and I say this um, lovingly because literally this, the view that I hold, I've held for maybe six months. 
Okay. Because I've been the same person for a lot of years that I'm talking mm -hmm. about now. Right. Yeah. But it, it is important to, to shed that skin. Right. And, um, and to be willing to work through it. I mean, to, yes. to honestly look at it and be okay with the fact that you're working through it and yeah, it yeah. might look different. So, yeah. And it's okay to say, I'm not sure where I'm at with this, yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, um, guys, that's me. <laughs> right. but, but realistically it is important. Like you were yeah. saying, it does, it does dictate a lot about and play itself out a lot in, in a lot of your other, how you do life, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, just stay cool. tuned for the rest of the yeah. month. So next yeah. week we will be looking at the close cousin of historical premillennialism, all millennialism. Yeah. Little, we're at least brothers. Yeah. This is, I'm just going to millennial. I can't do it. So anyway, guys, mill, mill. just mill. say premium. Pre-mill. There you go. See, that's why that came up because everybody's like, we can't say yeah. this. It's too much. All right, guys, yeah. we'll talk to you next week. Later. Later.